Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets, so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 76. And as mentioned previously, to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I'm in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis and this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets and in particular how economic data influences asset prices. A quick progress update. We've now finished with the layout of the book and are now working on the cover design which is the last stage before the book is published. So hopefully within the next three to four weeks the book will finally be ready and as usual, we'll keep you posted on the progress. And now to this week's podcast, where we're reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 40th week of 2023. That is from Monday the 2nd to Friday the 6th of October. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri. And together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States, where despite higher interest rates, the U.S. labor market remains resilient as the growth in jobs came in much stronger than expected. The U.S. Labor Department reported on Friday that non-farm payrolls for the month of September increased by 336,000 new jobs, which was way above the consensus estimate for 170,000 new jobs. Additionally, non-farm payrolls for July and August were revised upwards by a combined 119,000 jobs. Meanwhile, the unemployment rate was reported at 3.8%, which was slightly higher than the forecast of 3.7%. Investors are concerned that a resilient U.S. economy could force the Federal Reserve to continue hiking interest rates as it considers keeping rates higher for longer as inflation remains elevated. And in the land of the rising sun, the Bank of Japan announced on Monday that it was increasing its bond purchases, mainly due to a spike in government bond yields as it seeks to defend its yield curve control policy. The yield on the 10-year Japanese government bond hit a high of 0.775%, nearing the Bank of Japan's rate cap that is set at 
the Japanese Central Bank said it would conduct an unspecified amount of additional purchases of government bonds with tenures ranging from at least five years up to 10 years. This adds to the Bank of Japan's current bond buying program, which is set at 300 billion yen per week. Hawkish comments from the minutes of its September policy meeting reignited expectations that the Bank of Japan is slowly laying the foundation for an end to negative interest rates. The war in Ukraine has led to foreign currency outflows and a shrinking balance of trade, and this in turn has weighed down on the Russian ruble, which on Tuesday weakened below the symbolic threshold of 100 rubles to the US dollar. However, the ruble later recovered slightly and was last seen hovering just above 99.5 versus the greenback. In the U.S. equities market, the stock market posted a stunning turnaround on Friday after initially falling after the release of the stronger-than-expected U.S. jobs report. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 288 points to close the day at 33,407, whilst the S&P 500 added 1.18%, to end the session at 4,308, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite rose by 1.6% to finish off at 13,431. For the week, the Dow was down by 0.3%, whilst the S&P 500 broke a four-week losing streak as it ticked up by 0.48%. And last but not least, the Nasdaq was also positive for the week as it rose by 1.6%. Please note that the stock market is a leading indicator which points to the overall health and performance of a country's economy. In the bond market, U.S. Treasury yields rose on Friday after the latest jobs report came in way better than expected. The resilient labor market has convinced investors that the Federal Reserve will have to hike rates at least one more time before the end of this year and thereafter continue to hold rates higher for longer in order to deal with persistent inflation. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond hit a 16-year high of 4.88% before tapering off to close at 4.79%. Meanwhile, the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note rose by six basis points and was last seen trading at 5.08%. For your information, bond yields and prices are inversely correlated, which means that as interest rates rise, bond prices fall, and vice versa. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil posted its steepest weekly loss since March, and this was after Russia announced that it had partially lifted the ban on the export of diesel oil. Consequently, the price of Brent crude fell from above $95 the previous week to $84.58 per barrel. 
whilst the price of the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate Crude, this also declined from about $91 the previous week to $82.79 per barrel. For the week, Brent posted a decline of about 11%, whilst West Texas Intermediate recorded an 8% drop. The sharp decline in crude oil prices was mainly attributed to the Russian announcement, but also to the macroeconomic headwinds brought about by higher interest rates and their gradual impact on global growth as well as the demand for fuel oil. Meanwhile, the price of Marban oil, which Kenya imports, also decreased from above $97 the previous week to $87.83 per barrel. Please note that for importing countries, the price of crude oil is viewed as a major contributor to inflation and therefore a drag on economic growth, as higher oil prices tend to lead to higher inflation. In the precious metals market, after a nine-day losing streak, the price of gold experienced a technical rebound on Friday, but was held down by a stronger-than-expected U.S. jobs report, which raised the probability of another rate hike before the end of this year. And as you're all aware by now, the increase in interest rates reduces the appeal for gold, which does not provide a periodic yield like stocks and bonds. Consequently, the price of spot gold was on track for its second straight week of losses as it closed the session at $1,831 per ounce. For your information, gold has an inverse relationship with the US dollar and was previously viewed as a hedge against inflation as well as a store of value during times of uncertainty. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets and we start by looking at economic growth in the country where on Thursday the Kenyan National Bureau of Statistics reported that the Kenyan economy expanded by 5.4% in the second quarter of 2023 which was a faster pace of growth than the 5.2% that was recorded for the same period last year. The growth in the second quarter was supported by a turnaround in the agriculture sector, which expanded by 7.7% in 2023, following a contraction of 2.4% in 2022. The rebound in the agricultural sector was attributed to favorable weather conditions that came after a two-year cycle that was characterized by inconsistent rainfall and drought. The Kenyan National Bureau of Statistics also reported that the Kenyan economy grew by 4.8% in 2022, which was lower than the 7.6% that was recorded in 2021. In the domestic foreign exchange market, the shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained relatively stable versus the regional currencies. And according to data obtained from the central bank, the official exchange rate for the U.S. dollar was quoted at 148.56 compared to 147.94 the previous week. 
However, in the interbank market, commercial banks were selling the US dollar at between 152 shillings on the lower side to above 155 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 180.73 and the euro was valued at 156.32. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 25.17 Ugandan shillings and 16.90 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.18. In the past one year, the Kenya shilling has lost about 20% of its value against the regional currencies, and this in turn has weakened the country's dominant trading position in the East African region. The current trend suggests that the Kenya shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future, and this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt, which now stands at above 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 60% of total revenue collections. And what that means is that for every one shilling that Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 60 cents will go towards debt repayment. On foreign exchange reserves, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves declined by $26 million to $6.913 billion. And this is equivalent to 3.71 months of import cover. This level of reserves is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. And in spite of the recent funding received from both the World Bank and the IMF, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under intense pressure, and this is mainly due to the increased cost of servicing our external debt obligations, which has pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default. In the money market, the liquidity situation in the interbank market improved significantly during the past week as government payments into the market exceeded and more than offset tax remittances to the government. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement increased from 19.3 billion shillings the previous week to 21.5 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate declined from 12.34% the previous week to 11.93%. During the past week, the average value traded in the interbank market increased to 24.1 billion shillings and this was up from 22.5 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly treasury bill auction was held on Thursday the 5th of October and the central bank received bids totaling 33.1 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings representing a performance rate of 138%. However, the central bank ended up accepting only 27.2 billion shillings. Interest rates on all the three tenors increased marginally as the bulk of the bids, totaling about 28.5 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve where the 91-day rate inched up by 5.2 basis points to average out at 14.87%, whilst the 182-day rate ticked up by 2.7 basis points 
to level off at 14.97%, and the 364-day rate increased by 13.2 basis points to settle at 15.18%. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01%, and therefore 100 basis points is equal to one percentage point. Please note that as interest rates continue to rise, investors remain focused at the short end of the yield curve where they can reinvest their funds at a higher rate every 91 days. And for your information, given that the dollar shilling exchange rate has depreciated by about 20% over the past one year, and the fact that the US dollar interest rate is now hovering around 5%, This implies that the break-even interest rate for the Kenya shilling should now be at least 25%. In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya has published the prospectus for its October bond issue and is looking to raise 35 billion shillings for budgetary support through the sale of two reopened fixed-coupon treasury bonds whose terms and conditions are as follows. The first bond is FXD1-2023-002. This is a two-year bond with 1.9 years left to maturity and a coupon rate at 16.97%. The second bond is FXD1-2023-005. This is a five-year bond with 4.8 years left to maturity and a coupon rate at 16.84%. These bonds are now open for sale until Wednesday, the 11th of October. The minimum investment amount is 50,000 shillings and the interest earned on both these bonds is subject to withholding tax at a rate of 15%. Remember, you can now use the Dow CSD to invest in treasury bills and bonds. And just in case you've been living under a rock, the Dow CSD is a web-based platform as well as a mobile app that enables you to invest in government securities. This platform empowers especially retail investors to open bond trading accounts with a central bank and thereafter be able to purchase government securities directly from the comfort of their mobile devices without having to physically show up at any central bank office. For more information on the Dow CSD, please visit the Central Bank of Kenya website. In the secondary bond market, bond turnover in the domestic secondary market declined by 57% during the past week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds were on an upward trajectory and increased by an average of 63 basis points, with a 10-year eurobond, which matures in 2024, increasing by about 60 basis points from 18.7% the previous week to 19.3%. And at the Nairobi Securities Exchange, the equities market was on a downward trajectory with the NASI declining the most by 1.8%, whilst the NSE 20, NSE 25, 
and NSE 10 declined by 1.2%, 0.8%, and 1.1% respectively. This takes a year-to-date performance to losses of 26.6% for the NASI, 11% for the NSE 20, and 21.8% for the NSE 25. Markets' performance was mainly driven by losses recorded by large-cap stocks such as Bamburi, East African Breweries, and Safaricom, which declined by 6.9%, 5.3%, and 4.1% respectively. These losses were, however, mitigated by gains recorded by other large-cap stocks such as NCBA Group, Equity Group, and Diamond Trust Bank, which increased by 3.3%, 2.8%, and 1.5% respectively. During the week, the turnover in equities increased by 117% to $7.5 million, taking the year-to-date turnover to about $580 million. Foreign investors transitioned into net buyers for the first time in the past six weeks with a net buying position of about $300,000 and this takes a year-to-date net selling position to about $282 million. Up next is our topical issue for this week. And this week, we are reviewing the Monetary Policy Committee meeting, which was held on Tuesday, the 3rd of October. This meeting was held again as a backdrop of a weak global economy and rising geopolitical tensions due to the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. This has led to higher international oil prices, which are partly responsible for the persistent inflationary pressures being experienced across the globe. And in response to these developments, most major central banks have opted to tighten monetary policy in an attempt to bring inflation under control. During the meeting, the committee viewed the outcomes of its previous decisions and took into consideration the following key developments. The first was on Kenya's overall inflation which remained broadly unchanged at 6.8% in September 2023, compared to 6.7% in August, and is still within the central bank's target range. Second was on foreign exchange reserves, and this stood at $6.9 billion, which is equivalent to 3.7 months of import cover. And according to the central bank, this provides an adequate buffer against any short-term shocks, in the domestic foreign exchange market. The third was on the banking sector, which remained stable and resilient, with strong liquidity and capital adequacy ratios. However, the ratio of gross non-performing loans increased to 15% in August 2023, compared to 14.2% in August 2022. The fourth was on the growth in private sector credit, which increased by 12.6% in the month of August 2023, and this was up from 10.3% in July. The fifth was on the implementation of the new monetary policy framework, which introduced a corridor of 250 basis points around the central bank rate and has led to increased activity in the interbank market and reduced the volatility and spreads in interest rates. 
And in summary, the Monetary Policy Committee noted that the impact of the previous tightening of policy in June 2023 was still transmitting through the economy. And in view of these developments, the committee decided to retain the central bank rate at 10.5%. The committee will meet again in December 2023. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. I hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. I really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as Amazon Music. The Market Color Podcast is now also available on the WhatsApp channel. Please consider subscribing so that you can be notified every time I publish a new episode. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhurig at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support and I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead and remember, follow your bliss and the universe will open doors for you. That quote is by Joseph Campbell. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.